Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe in Bingo podcast with Solomon Wilcox. And today we have a very special guest, PFF data analyst Brad Spielberger. And Brad, welcome to the show. Good to see you, my friend. How you doing? Yeah, great to see you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing well. Well, look, hey, we got to talk Cincinnati Bengals, of course. And we got to talk preseason i don't like to overreact to a lot of things brad that i that i see in the preseason uh for me what preseason really is about is evaluating your player constructing your roster and really getting your team ready for the regular season so with that said as we take a look at the cincinnati Bengals, joe burrow's not playing once again in the preseason so we got trevor simeon uh we got jake browning and they're leading an offense where both quarterbacks have combined for, what, five turnover-worthy plays, three interceptions in two preseason games, and only one scoring touchdown drive. So are, should the Bengals should be shopping for a backup quarterback? I think it's a great question. I think the biggest thing we've seen across the NFL the last couple seasons is if you are a true contender, you probably do want to have that position solidified, right? Because especially now in a 17-game season – you mentioned Joe dealing with the calf. He had the appendix last year, obviously played through it. But I think we see now how it impacted his game the first couple of weeks. Um, your, your, your quarterback might miss one or two games. And especially in the AFC and the AFC North division, every single game matters. So if a quality backup can maybe swing literally one game, uh, it might make, might make a huge difference in terms of seeding in the playoffs, even just making the playoffs. Simeon is a capable backup, a solid football player, a decent athlete, can do some things that I think maybe mirror, you know, Joe Burrow to a degree. But yeah, if a good backup comes around, you know, Teddy Bridgewater just gets signed in Detroit. If there's still a guy out there, they should consider it because it is an important position in today's NFL. Hey, look, all we have to do is go look at last year's Super Bowl winner in Kansas City. They're in the divisional round playoff game against Jacksonville, right? Jacksonville is head to head. They take a hit to Patrick Mahomes, he has to leave the game. He's in there getting an MRI on his ankle. In comes Chad Henney. That's right, Chad Henney on a 90-plus yard drive for a scoring drive and a touchdown. You can't tell me the Chiefs are not in that Super Bowl playing in the Super Bowl without Chad Henney, as good as Patrick Mahomes was one year ago during an MVP season. And look at the Philadelphia Eagles, too. They didn't quite win the game. But if you remember, Gardner Minshew had to play against Dallas. What was it? Christmas yeah. Eve night. Put up yeah. 34 points, I think it was, and barely lost by a score. But imagine if he does beat the Dallas Cowboys in the division and that game ended up mattering. You know, it, it's, it is an important spot for sure. So if we were to just not overreact to the first two preseason games and look at the quarterback play or maybe the lack of production on offense, because – I got to believe Zach Taylor being the coach that he is, he's a, he's a former quarterback himself and he runs this offense. He expects more out of this offense because we're going to talk a little bit later about some of the surrounding pieces on this offense uh, to be able to only score one touchdown on a drive and have to, I mean, poor Evan McPherson, his leg is very active in the preseason. If we were to point to some deficiencies or maybe areas where this offense could improve, even with the backup quarterbacks, what what do you think um, Zach Taylor is pointing a finger at right about now? Yeah, I think maybe one thing for me is, and I know we're going to get into you know some of the players that are catching the ball a little bit, but 
Um, you know, a lot of targets where I don't think they're giving, they're receiving, you know, their, their players the best chance to make a play on the football. Uh, I think you've seen a lot of lost yards after the catch opportunities, which obviously would sustain drives and get first downs because of ball placement, just as much as, you know, blaming them on the receiver's ability to break one off. It's just been a little bit in, inaccurate it is what I see when I watch the film. Like, I think they're making a lot of the right decisions um, for the most part in their progression, but just not really delivering very accurate footballs. And hey, maybe that's timing and developing chemistry obviously Simeon with the Bears last year going to a new system all those things but you'd, you'd ideally want to see that maybe by preseason week two it just seems like they're off by a step at, you know at, at times yeah um yeah, absolutely it's about execution uh at the end of the day you know the coaches can put you in a position but you do have to execute I gotta tell you this um uh, I love this Bengals coaching staff and I love the way Duke Tobin has constructed the roster as good as they are at the wide receiver position, most teams would kind of leave it alone. Hey, we're okay there. But they draft two wide receivers. And maybe the one that they drafted later from Princeton, Andre Yosivaj. I have to say that and say it correctly. But this guy is incredible. I mean, he comes out of Princeton. He's got the height. He's got the pass-catching radius. And he's been targeted 10 times in each one of their two preseason games so they clearly are designing an offense where let's try to feature him. Let's see what he can give us. And he's responded. Uh, what have you seen from him? And the biggest thing for me is we've learned this over the last couple of years, even with some of the top prospects, like a Quentin Johnson, for example, for me, where just because you're big and have and have leaping ability doesn't mean you're a good contested catch wide receiver. Like you don't know when to time your jump. You don't know how to box out. And I think that is where your Shivash really accelerates and he knows Kind of how to use his body. He had a, it was the first preseason game against the Falcons. He had a smaller DB on him. There was a back shoulder throw on the left yeah. sideline, and it was like there was there was only one guy coming down with that football because I think he just knows you know the, the 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 nuances of playing in that style. That's what stuck out to me. He is a solid route runner. Has created some separation as well. But yeah. but it's the big body and how to actually use it um, that sticks out on tape. I think he's paying attention to T Higgins who has been quoted often as saying it's not a 50-50 ball, it's 80-20, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> T. Higgins is incredible. You know, I go over to practice, Brad, and I'm watching um, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and um, and obviously Tyler Boyd, and Joe Burrow's not practicing. These guys are working as hard as if he were practicing. They're working as hard as if they're getting ready for a regular season where they get to put up some huge numbers. And you could see the competitiveness just driving these guys to go ahead. And they're not taking days off. It's hot. It's humid. And they're out there putting in work. How do you think that's rubbing off on the young wide receivers, Andre Yosivash and, and Charlie Jones? I think it's massive. And I think like you pointed to, Tobin has done a phenomenal job in this unit, but also, you know, with a guy like Miles Murphy, with the safeties they've added, et cetera, of mm -hmm. never being comfortable with a, with a unit. Uh, and, and on the depth chart and always trying to solidify and also plan for the future. But I think it's massive. I mean, obviously, Charlie Jones is almost newer to the game, kind of has an interesting football career, an older guy, but hasn't been playing forever, almost quit football um, at yeah. one point and, and then kind of stuck on at Purdue and, and got back in the swing of things. 
And then obviously Yeshivash, you know, playing Ivy League football, you know, doesn't know what to expect coming into an NFL, you know, building to have three studs, three very good players that are working hard. Like you said, without their starting quarterback, it's not even about that. It's about getting better every day. All those mantras. It's huge. It has a trickle down effect from the top of the roster all the way down to the 90th guy on the team right now. If the, if Jamar Chase is working hard, you cannot come in and take a day off if he's not taking a day off. <laughs> I got to tell you, Brad, um, also while attending practice last week, DJ Turner taking almost every rep uh, in single coverage, whether it's in one-on-one or seven-on-seven, even in team drills, going up against Jamar Chase and holding his own. What 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 was the data that you saw on DJ Turner in Michigan that would allege you to believe he's going to be able to come in and, and potentially play right away? I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. But based on how I'm watching him compete in practice, the fact that he runs a 4-240 was the fastest player at the combine. Um, I'm telling you right now, he's not going to be sitting for very long. I think that's the big thing for me is that his biggest strength can at times also be his biggest weakness. He did allow, you know, per our charting, three catches on three targets for 45 yards this past week. And the week before, uh, the the incredible, what was it, the the game-saving play from either Dax Hill or Jordan Battle, I forget who it was. That was was Dax Hill, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who kind of got behind him. But I think it's because he knows his recovery speed is special, right? He knows he has that 4240 speed, is a good lateral athlete as well. Um, I think it really is going to come down to just not falling for, you know, double moves and pump fakes and things like that. I think you still see him kind of try to jump route sometimes and make a splash play, which is great to see. But, you know, limit a little bit of those negatives. Have some more of those positives. But, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to be a good player eventually as well. But you are seeing some growing pains, which is is very common for a young corner. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the defense. And, again, this is not about overreacting to two preseason games. We know the Bengals are going to be very good on offense. Uh, I think they're going to be very good on defense. Yeah, um, they have to replenish um, some of the experience loss at the safety position on the back end. And I think we're seeing some good depth. Um, being added to this defense when it comes to the pass rush. But I want to ask you this. uh, How do we assess a defense um, that has really already had five sacks in their first two preseason games? They forced four turnovers, which you absolutely love. But that kind of masks the fact that they've allowed the second highest yards per play, 6.5 yards per play during the first two preseason games. And they've allowed the most explosive runs of 10 yards or more than any other defense through the preseason as well. So how how do we balance what we're seeing right now on defense? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing to go back to Tobin's, you know, moves over the past couple of years, trading for B.J. Hill with the Giants and sending Billy Price and getting, you know, B.J. Hill is, you know, in a seventh round pick, I want to say it was, is one of the better trades of the last several years across the NFL because – I still do think there is the issue of outside of him and DJ reader. There are some question marks along the interior of this defensive line in particular against the run. And I think you do see, you know, Jermaine Pratt is a thumper, kind of a throwback old school linebacker that fills up, you know, makes a lot of that not be as bad as it could be. Um, It's probably why he's still in Cincinnati getting the deal this off season that not everyone saw coming. And obviously Logan Wilson gets the extension as well. So that still jumps out to me. They've obviously drafted a lot of players there in kind of the mid rounds. They've tried to figure it out, but 
But outside of those two, there are some questions up the middle uh, against the run. And, and I'm not sure if that changes with the guys in the building right now. Maybe you add, you know, you can find a cheaper nose tackle or a cheaper guy like that, um, you know, the trade deadline or, you know, th th that is a position we always kind of see under the radar get moved around when teams realize, hey, we're a contender, but we can't lose games because people are keeping our offense on the sideline by sustaining these long drives and running the ball down our throat. Yeah, um, I tell you what, their ability to come up with timely turnovers seems to be good. And, you know, it's kind of unreliable um, to be able to uh, anticipate or expect sustainability when it comes to getting turnovers. Now, you know, I was a tried and true believer in that until I saw the Dallas Cowboys lead the league in takeaways each of the last two years, right? Uh, Dan Quinn's got something in the water down in Dallas, uh, but the Bengals – that's something that I think they can do a little bit better than what they did in, in 2022. And we've seen them come away with these, these timely turnovers. Is that something that's encouraging, uh, but yet you need to see more? Yeah, like you said, I mean, I think you can you can still create more opportunities for yourself to then get the turnovers, right? So obviously, like you said, it, it is kind of unstable year to year. It's remarkable for Dallas to, to lead the league back-to-back -back seasons, yeah. just not something we see. But, you know, when, you, when you're generating a, a ton of pressure and you're blitzing, and now I think the big thing for me is getting Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard off the field a little bit to get Miles Murphy in the rotation, where every guy is fresher and can actually be more efficient on a snap-by-snap -snap basis – I think it's huge. I think they do, you know, I, I think it's not just by accident. I think Luana Rumo is doing things both on the back end and up front that is going to create more opportunities to turn the ball over. I like the young safeties and, and, and uh, uh, you know, Nick Scott back there as well. You have good ball skills, all three of them. So I think you will see it, but you just can't rely on it necessarily. Before we move to um, the pass rush and some of the young guys, I want to talk about some of the pieces that they've added. I want to get your thought. Um, on the secondary as a whole. You know they're uh, losing three of their four starters from a year ago. I, even though I think no one's really lamenting the loss of, of Eli Apple, respectfully, but Cam Taylor-Britt was phenomenal in his rookie season in the second half of the year. You lose someone like Chidobe Awuzie, man, you really uh, are up against it. But he looks like he's back. I've seen him out there on the practice field. He's going to be 100%. Um, but they have some depth. They bring over Nick Scott as a free agent. Uh, player from the Rams. We talked about Dax Hill. Um, Tyson Anderson has looked good in the early part, and we already know Jordan Battle is a guy that came up under Nick Saban from Alabama. They've got some young pieces. Now the experience needs to be there, but speed on the back end and guys who uh, who played a lot throughout their collegiate career. Um, what are you seeing with this secondary? Because Lou Anaromo runs as, as much combination of man and zone and split coverages that I think confuses quarterbacks as much as any defensive coordinator in the league. hundred percent. And I think you saw for me, the, the number one takeaway here is you saw Cam Taylor Britt get more and more comfortable in this defense as the season went on last year to where he was confident, he was talking trash. Like you could tell he was more, you know, like he wasn't just trying to think of where am I supposed to be in the next play or what am I supposed to do? That became more second nature and let him just kind of play fast and physical. He, he really is. He's up in your face. I, I like him a ton. You know, they play a lot of zone, but I do like him up in press. And when he can bump and run off the line, I think he's shown prowess in that regard. Um, but yeah, a healthy GW Wuzier is a massive, massive return. And then I do like that, you know, the safeties in the back end. 
Nick Scott's versatile. He can come down and play in the slot if you need him to. He can do a lot of different things. Obviously, Mike Hilton, one of the better players in that spot in the entire NFL. But yeah, it's a great group. It's a it's a talented athletic group. And I think we will see, you know, depending on matchups or things of that nature, you know, Anna Rumo continue to d- dial up all sorts of different coverages. Oh, yeah. I mean, he keeps, um, you know, offensive coordinators up at night. He's going to give you something different in the second half and what you see in the first half, the volume that he gives these young guys. And that's why experience was so good for them last year uh, with Jesse Bates and Vaughn Bill. They could do more. And I think it remains to be seen if they can still carry that kind of volume week to week into games with such a young and inexperienced secondary. And by the way, Cam Taylor Britt has always had swag. Now he's got, (laughs) this guy has swag uh, and it's not lost to me. Every time I see him, he used to be a quarterback when he was in high school, when he first went to Nebraska, which is Zach Taylor's alma mater. So I I get the sense he's been watching Cam for a a long time and uh, loved using that second round pick one year ago on Cam. Taylor Britt. All right, let's talk about um, this this front four on the defense because you alluded to it and kind of touched on it earlier. Look, we love B.J. Hill and D.J. Reader on the interior. I don't know that you're going to get two better edge rushers in Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard, particularly when it comes to effort and the energy. These guys have an extra battery pack on them, right? And so when it comes to those four, we feel really good. Help me to understand what you're seeing uh, with the depth when it comes to just the pass rush, because I love Joseph Osai. I thought he was bringing it in the AFC championship game. I know the effort kind of costs us a little bit, but I'll take that any day of the week. The coaches love Cam Sample because he could do everything. This guy, he brings it. But then there are some other young guys who are starting to make some noise. Raymond Johnson, Dominique Davis, and Miles Murphy, who's uh, the first round pick out of Clemson. And Zach Carter, has the highest pass rush win rate in their very first two preseason games as an interior rusher, which you know is deadly if you can rush the quarterback from the inside. Absolutely, especially, you know, B.J. Hill and and Reader are good players and can generate a pass rush, but neither, I think, would be coined as like a, you know, pass rush specialist type player on the interior. Um, So if you can add that element with Carter, who's about a fourth-round pick from a couple years ago now, I think he looked good. Last year, a little bit as well. It was in flashes, didn't play a ton, but I think you saw what they're building there. And then I'm super glad you mentioned Asai, because of course, he's going to be remembered for a long time, probably for the unfortunate penalty he took, but he was a problem during those playoffs. He was really consistently getting around the corner, um, generating pressure, utilizing, you know, getting good matchups because of the other players they had, but actually taking advantage of it. Um, And and then for me, Miles Murphy, I think you're probably going to see him early on, really on early downs. He is a strong guy. And I think as a pass rusher, you saw him at Clemson at times, which I think is why he fell a little bit. Kind of just rely on the fact he was a better athlete than a lot of people. He's not mm-hmm. super refined in his pass rush approach. I think you'll see more moves added. Um, there was like one or two times last year he, he flashed a spin move or did different things. And you're like, why doesn't he go to that more often? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you'll see him on early downs and, and they'll build him up as a player over time. The tools are all there. I think refinement is just how you get him to that next level. Here's here's what we're seeing from Raymond Johnson, who I've talked with the coaches. They said, this guy just keeps finding his way in the opposing backfield. He has the team's highest pass rush grade by PFF in their first two preseason games. Two sacks, five total pressures, and a 17.1% pass rush win rate. And Dominique Davis has the second highest uh, pass rush grade 
uh, amongst these backup guys. So um, they're getting production there. Um, and I, I agree with you earlier when you talked about needing to get better against the run. But when it comes to like pinning their ears back and getting to the quarterback, I think that's what they're looking for from this group. And I think they've gotten it so far in the preseason. Yeah, no, Johnson stuck out. You know, I'd be lying if I said I noticed a bunch of Dominique Davis, but I had you, you do see Raymond Johnson jump out when you watch the film. Yeah. And yeah, it does matter. Obviously, you want to get better against the run. But in, in this conference, in this division, if you can stop the pass and consistently, you know, force a quarterback to get the ball out quickly, you're going to win a whole lot of football games with this offense. I'm going to tell you, pay attention to my guy, Zach Carter, Brad. Uh, totally changed his body. He came in year number two. Everyone's just looking, who is this guy? He's got, he's just got a new body. But, you know, some players from their rookie year to their second year, they grow into that manhood or that body that they're going to have. I think it's a testament to the work that he put in. You're right. During the preseason, he played a lot of snaps last year as a rookie, and he showed that he could hold up. And now he's bringing more tools to the table. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if we get a pop out of him because he is a hard worker, really bright guy, good young leader on this team. I want to thank you for taking the time to, to join us. I look forward to having you join us during the regular season uh, here on the show, okay? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Sal. All right. We want to thank PFF, Brad Spielberger, um, just a talented data analyst for joining us here on the show. Thank you for joining us also right here on Believe in Bengals on Valley Sports Ohio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.